0: What's up? We're going to let everybody join. should be pretty fun. Guys, get your questions ready. Good podcast coming with Alex Rojas. Oh, my hat is terrible right now. Let's get this guy in here. How's everybody doing today? Doing well. Doing well, doing well. I'm excited to see where this goes. There he is. Here we go. 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 He's coming. Shout out Yeti and the Whataburger Cup because this is coffee. You got to find motivation. You know what I mean? You have to find motivation. I apologize.
1: I had to offload Instagram. It wasn't letting me do anything today. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. my goodness. My bad. Figure it hey, out, Instagram.
0: Hey, you're up in the – you're up in the uh, – the bay area too so i mean like you're real close They got some conspiracies going on it's
1: 45 miles away the fact that the server ever shuts down like (laughs) like should never happen 45 miles away not even that far like i could take a bart not bart i could take amtrak and get there by eight o'clock in the morning from 6 a.m like it's not hard not hard
0: figure it out i'm hot
1: this morning dude i'm so hot i know
0: i didn't even get a chance to read your uh to to watch your video, you catching a of
1: thing, and you're coming in, you are ready. So here was something I got hit with a few conundrums the other day that I was just like, like I blinked my eyes like that dude in the meme, you know? He was like, "Wow, okay." So number one, I was having a conversation with uh, like a nine year old kid, and I put it on my on my post today. If you guys want to check that out, and he hit me with this thing that he said that really threw me off. He was like. I was like, why do we come to hitting class? He goes, well, because it's fun. I was like, yeah. And I'm like, but we come so we can get hits. He goes, yeah, but my coach says it's okay to get out. And I'm like, so why do you come to hitting class? And he was kind of like, you know, I didn't want to make him feel like that, but I was just asking him a question. Then why are you here? And he didn't know what to say. And I was like, is it more fun getting hits or is it more fun getting out? Right? And the kid, obviously, it's more fun getting hits. And I was like. That's why we come to hitting class. And that's why we want to focus on these little things. And it made me think, I'm just like, now, what he said is 100% right. At the little league level, a kid needs to focus on having fun and hitting the ball. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you're not allowing that kid to figure out how to win the game, right, by just telling them hey just go up there put the bat on the ball okay but like how do i get a hit coach like how do i do that well you got to hit it past the infielders right a lot of the kids you know what they do hit it on the ground because the kids can't freaking field right guess what that does by the time you're 12 years old you don't know how to play baseball you don't you know how to hit the ball and play and for some kids that's great right but I've seen some kids that want to play high school baseball and like it breaks my heart seeing them. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm 14 next year. I'm going to go play high school baseball. They can't hit a ball 150 feet. And I'm like, man, who, where'd you play at? Like all this other stuff. And then you see now that I'm working with these kids, some of them starting to, to develop toot my own horn there, but it, it really just makes me think like it would almost be like a boxing coach. What are the first two rules of boxing? Hit, don't get hit it's like we're teaching the kid the second rule first don't get out it's like but why like it's okay like it's okay if i get out you just said it so like shouldn't the goal be to get hit so how do i do that and so i've just been in this like this mindset lately of just like how do we avoid this happening how do we avoid these kids going like because if i were to get the ring right? We all know that If you know me, you know, I'm, I'm training and I'm trying to get into fighting shape. Injuries keep fucking happening and making me mad. But if I were to go into a ring and just try to not get knocked out, I'm going to lose. Yeah. 100%. I'm going to get hurt and I'm going to lose, okay? So when I hear coaches just talk about, hey, choke up, put it in play. That's great. But you missed two strikes ago when you should have told them, hey, swing as hard as you can. Or what I know you hate, and I talk about how much I hate this. You see a kid look over to, like, the third base coach, and the third base coach does his – and all that. And then he goes, hey, keep your hands inside the ball. See it deep. All this stuff. And it's like, now he's fucked. That kid's not going to think of the at-bat anymore. He forgot everything because you just made him a mechanical person. Huge, huge thing right here, okay? Huge thing. I remember being –
0: 13, 14, 15, somewhere in a pre-college situation, maybe even in a high school game, and hearing the coaching from the third base coaching box almost telling them what pitch I was going to throw and being like – because you got the whole, hey, sit back. Sit back. Be ready. And it's like, I can hear you. I can literally hear you. I'm like, I'm just going to blow a heater inside and watch what happens i just go, yeah, yeah. sit back. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Right. Hey, be on time. Be early. Okay. Like, <laughs> here we go. What? Yeah. Like, what? What are you talking about? You know? And, and we have a lot of these people that, you know, the coaches, right? I, I keep asking these questions, right? Like, it's my favorite thing to do right now with these parents. And and I get, you know, for all you guys out there that coaching issues and just people in general, You're going to have issues where communication is going to break down, and it's not going to work. And you're going to, and ultimately, you have to understand that you are throwing the ball, you are throwing the bat, right? So the coach isn't even playing the game; he's not playing the game. So you can't necessarily rely on his instruction completely because he cannot swing the bat for you, right? You have to educate yourself and understand what your abilities are, like, what's your best ability? What's your best move? You know, we always talk about, you know, Mortal Kombat and and one-on-one basketball and and how there are moves and combos and things that happen with that, right? And if you just understand the game that's happening in front of you and don't rely on his information so much so and and watch Major League Baseball and, and learn from the best ever, like, we don't there's just so many things we could go down in on this right now. So tons, I, didn't, you know what I mean? Tons like, and tons. You know, this, and, and that's
1: why we're here. That's why right. we're talking about winning baseball games. Right. And like, and if you guys want to check my post out, please do share it, like it, all that fun stuff. The main thing is I get hit with some of these things that these kids say. And I'm just, I, I just want to be like, who told you that? Like who, who, le- who like led you down that path? because I know it didn't come from our facility where I work at, right? And it didn't come from my mouth. But just some kids, like, this has nothing to do with baseball, right? But I had a kid tell me the facility yesterday, or not yesterday, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, serious conundrum. He goes, I don't want to work too hard because it'll be hard for me to fall asleep. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, what is happening? So I think it's kind of where we are in our day and age. It's like we're almost expecting, like, I got into an argument a couple of years ago with an alumni of a school that I was at because I called the coach out that I had just played for for calling out a pitcher on our team. He essentially said, this kid essentially said like, you know, it was a personal thing that he said about himself, but it was in context of like the team, right? And he was basically saying like, man, I I wish more guys would, like, wake up and go to the gym more often. We'd probably be in a better spot, right? Like, just guys that want to work hard, right? Work harder, guys. That's all. That's all he said, right? And the coach literally said, it's not about you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I tweeted back at him. And I was like, hey, bro, this dude actually plays on the field. You just make the lineup card. It's not about you or your Twitter. He deletes the tweet, right? This was several years ago, right? This 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 is the same coach that I told to F off because a week prior, I showed up early, 30 minutes early on a snowy practice day. It's 20 degrees out in West Virginia, right? Guess what? Good players show up early to practice. Guess what? Good coaches show up early to practice, okay? I'm there 20 minutes early. A good coach is there 15 to 10 minutes early. He didn't show up till the time of practice. And I remember I texted him like, hey, I'm a little early. When are you coming? He just said, I don't care. And I was like, all right, bro. I see how it is. Okay. And so that man, right, he is in charge of a Division Two baseball team, right, and still there, right? And I remember there was this player that was kind of defending him. But he said what you said, but he didn't say it in the right way. He said, it's on the player to develop. It's not the coach's job. And I, was, and I just said, then why do we have coaches? Why don't we just have player coaches then? Like, what's the point? Like, if a coach is just there to make up a lineup card, I could have the smartest player on the team do that. So why do I need a manager? Because he's supposed to manage things, right? And so it, it makes me think that we're not teaching the game anymore. We're teaching the actions, Right, and that's what you and I talk about. It's like the idea of so-and-so throws 97, but homeboy doesn't care, right, because it's flat, and you saw that happen in real life, right? And what gets happened, the dude gets taken deep because he doesn't know how to play the game the right way. He just knows how to do an action, right? So I feel like in order for baseball to evolve where they are right now, and I say they as like everybody that plays baseball, I think we have to do what you are talking about, that Mortal Kombat, that one-on-one idea, because that's what it is. It's pitchers and hitters, right? Like, my favorite player in baseball right now is Chad Pinder. I think the dude plays nine positions for the Oakland Knicks. Dude plays everywhere. You know what I mean? So, oh, hello.
0: What's going on, guy? Brady Jocelyn, hitting director of Cutter Nation. Hitting
1: director of Cutter Nation.
0: And, uh, so, we're in our How to Win a Baseball podcast, episode two. Ste- okay. You steal my hat. No, this is my hat. I'm... Stole the hat. No, this is mine. Those we got yours. some sick. Yo, check out Guam's national
1: hat. Here. Here's the OG color. Is that a sailboat? That's pretty rad. <laughs> That's pretty rad. Yo, know, Guam is, loves baseball. Guam has been involved in baseball for forever. Shout like, out, a shout-out to grown man Ethan Lozano showing up. Hey, can we talk about your boy that just signed to the Angels? Like, let's Taylor, talk about that. Taylor Ahern. Let's talk about how a guy goes from developing into winning baseball games. Let's talk about that.
0: Mr. Taylor Ahern, super proud. Two, maybe two and a half years ago, he and I started working together. He approached me in the gym. Just because I was a baseball-looking dude, and uh, his words, not mine.
1: And uh, you do look like that, though, hundred percent.
0: Walker. I mean, it was—it's intentional. I want to attract people. He—I got him. Got him hook, line, and sink, big guy. Um. So anyway, we start working. We play catch one day. First thing I noticed is just a lot of hand pronation, you know, and running out of the hand. And and uh, he was having tricep pain like I did. And which that was the same thing I was told to do. And so I remember um, just really playing catch with him. And we just went outside to a field and started throwing. And I started introducing these ideas to him. And the more we did it, the more he was kind of buying into it. And then he really, we sat down and talked about how he needed to get over 95. That that actually should be the first goal. Get over 95 before you even worry about playing again. And uh, the first three or four months. I think we got to 90, 92 or something like that, somewhere around there. Um, And then it just, uh, he started playing and then went to indie ball and just kept developing. And as soon as he got back, as soon as he got back from his COVID season, which he played a whole full season in COVID, which is crazy. And we got back to it. He took a week off and and we got back to training and he put up some really good numbers and, and signed with the angels first week, first 10 days. First 10 days Dude, of, of his He had, like, like, what, two appearances with the milkman? I think three. Bin? Yeah, like three yeah. appearances, and then he's gone. Yeah, and one, one wasn't even supposed to happen. And I think on that one, he gave up a tank, right? Yeah, his last out – no, last one was the one before? Set, the, one, the one in the middle wasn't supposed to happen because it was extras. Oh, yeah, the one in the middle was extras or something like that. And he came in and just, like, did his thing, just like, whatever. A couple zeros, let's just keep this extras going. Um, Where was he in the COVID season?
1: he was milwaukee he was in the they won the championship oh oh he was with the milkman oh so he probably knows my friend dan maybe friend dan ward one of the strongest human beings i've ever seen in my life (laughs) light tower power power. what's his name Dan
0: ward okay so that's whoever we refer to on this podcast as somebody that's strong
1: we need to go above or below dan ward okay dude okay can i just tell danny chips ward if you watch this bro This guy had forearm muscles where he did, like, this thing one time, and it looked like a baseball came out. <laughs> like it was crazy. 6'4", 235. It looks like Stipe Miochich kind of. Like, not the face, but, like, the body. Yeah. Dude, I got to get up and show you this one. I was catching one time, right? And I I got a slider. This guy's a big slider guy. Here's the plate. I'm over here. It's like 0-2. Dan goes out in front. Pink. 400-foot home run, just like this. Boom, finishes (laughs) like that, flips the bat, and he touches home plate. And I was like, can you apologize to him? Because you have no business (laughs) ever doing that. Like, that is the craziest thing ever. That's funny. In batting practice, I saw him hit one over the lights with a wooden fucking bat. Oh! (laughs) just amazing. Sorry. But let's talk about developing this guy. So why was 95 step one?
0: Well, you know, he was with the Red Sox, he got released and when I was asking him, just like I did myself, when I was trying to figure out how to where, you know, if, if you can look at yourself objectively, like a, a video game character, you can, you can better understand where you're missing. Like it, you, right. you have to be able to be uh, really transparent on like what you're good and what you're bad at. And the trend of Velo, you know, I think two years ago, average velo was like ninety-two-three or something like that. Now it's like ninety-three-eight or something like that. Um, but it's also because people are intentionally throwing a lot more fastballs. You know, the, game, the game in the '80s and the '90s is is changed a lot. Um, and and so it's it's interesting to see how things are going. But you know, one of the things that Taylor always had with his fastball, once we got him to get more behind the ball, because he's kind of like a 215 he's like 215 on the slot with his finger path right and his arm slot and the path to which he comes across the ball so the spin he gets on the ball on his seems nuts like he throws a snake pretty much it's got 14 to 19 inches of movement depending on how he rips it yeah so it literally is just coming like
1: yeah it's crazy so So your plan of attack was your fastball is one of your best weapons let's really weaponize that and then work from there no, no, no. We have to hack the game.
0: You got to get to the speed where you get people's attention. That's the whole. Uh, it doesn't even. It doesn't even matter about your breaking ball or your location. You have to get to the level. You have to get to the field of play that
1: requires you or allows you to be on the field. And if you're not throwing ninety-five, they don't care. Say what you just maybe. said again. You said, "You what did you say about that?" You got to get to the velocity that people want to watch, or something like that. The
0: the, That's the
1: you got to get to the velo that allows you to play the game.
0: Like if you don't throw hard enough, they don't want you on the field.
1: That's true. It's very, very true.
0: Man, that's so a- he already had he already had other stuff, and that's what I told him. I was like, Well, if you go to Indie Ball and you're another guy throwing 88, 92, like you're just wasting your time. So we need to get to ninety-five, ninety-seven, whatever, whatever the cap is as soon as possible. Especially since at that time he was twenty-three. So we had a lot of time. So now he's twenty-five, ton of time. You know, uh, I think he was up to 96 um, in his first couple outings and, and, you know, throwing the snake. And that's not even, you know, he also developed – he took my cutter and really ran with it and and he created his own identity with the thing and and now understands how to move it in and out, front door it, back door it, you know, run it off, sink it. There's a a bunch of different things you can do with the cutter and how it spins to make the ball move different directions. So, you know, it's – it's really cool to watch him take these ideas and then apply them to himself and then go out there and we do a lot of stuff, um, you know, breaking down hitters, evaluating cheating tendencies, you know. Yeah. You know, oh. just going after, going after the offensive strategy of situations. You know, he had seven months of live ABs. We, we calculated 28 weeks, seven months of live ABs before he showed up in the season, which kind of brings me to another – Interesting thing, I'm not sure if you saw this, but the Padres went to a six-man rotation because of LeMet. And now I'm saying, why not go to a seven? Why not go to a -a once-a-week day protocol like they do in Japan, where because Japan only plays six games a week and they have Mondays off, then everybody has a day. So if everybody's on a day and you go a full seven-day rotation, you give yourself an extra day of rest or maybe two, injuries are going to plummet. And then you can really ride guys' velos on what you're doing. Now does that put the bullpen in a shortened situation because you got to take one guy out to move over there? maybe, but also if you you know if you go a little more old school and go the other way where it was a four man rotation where they didn't even throw bullpens, it was just like throw, rest, rest, play catch, throw like that was just how it worked you know so you know uh um there's a bunch of things that are happening inside the game where things are changing and and you know a, a guy like Taylor that can come out of the pen multiple days in a row, throw four or five innings in relief if you need them to, or, or start, is kind of turning into this utility pitcher idea where guys aren't being pigeonholed, you know? I mean, if you're a one-inning guy nowadays, especially with the three-batter rule, like, you're not going to make it. you got to have six pitches to, like, put on paper, even if you're only going to use three or four, right? Because these guys got to look at the scouting report I saw, I saw this the other day. Someone came in. Who was it? It was the Dodgers game. Whoever came in the Dodgers playing recently, they brought in a reliever. They cut to the dugout. The hitting coaches had three iPads. It was so obvious that they were looking at video of what the guy's pitches were. It mm. was so obvious. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm. And the guy's, the guys hit, hitting and he's looking – Right. And then he's looking at another iPad, and I bet you that was some kind of like tendency chart. Right. Yeah. Some kind of video game. Yeah. Here's what he likes to throw in this count. Here's what he likes to throw. Here's what and then I bet you there was another one was like, here's what you did after the guy. Because that's mm-hmm. how they're doing it. They're categorizing all this
1: stuff. Hey, last time you faced him, he got you out of breaking ball. I don't remember that. Can I see it? Like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Beep, beep, beep. Bam. I'm looking up right now. The other day I was watching show it's funny you say that. I was watching Otani about to hit and they changed the pitcher right before he went up to hit, right? Oh, I like that question from 5-Tool Coach. So – What? Both. <laughs> what? Both.
0: Yeah. But you need both. You need both. That's what I'm saying, but you can't say yeah. movement versus weight. Like, it doesn't you, – like, you have to be able to do everything. You, you have to get stronger. You have to throw more. You have to increase your capacity. You have to increase your health. You have to increase your range of motion. So, like, just trying to categorize it in two things, movement versus weight – like, I'm assuming you mean, like, working on movement technique and, like, lifting weights. Like, that's the same thing. It's just They the are, same.
1: but they're also not. So, let me hit you with a little discrepancy here. So, what I think movement is, is the ability to go play pickup sports. That's movement. Because you're not, you're not focusing on a two-dimensional space where we're focusing on, you know, isometrically or eccentrically or concentrically. You're just moving. And that's what I think baseball is. But I think you also have to know how to move weight. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, like, and this is so weird. Like, the other day, I I had this idea of, like, you know, we didn't used to lift weights, and guys still played in the NFL and were fucking huge. You know, these guys were massive. But they moved better. And I think it's because I think people need to – need to be a little bit more conscious about what they eat, how they sleep, and how much they actually move, because I think that produces more results than people think. I think the weight room really helps. I think moving weight really helps because it's been proven. stress the nervous system, you're going to get reproductive you're going to get results that are going to reproduce all the time. But I think one thing that movement doesn't do, that weights really does, is it teaches how to stress the nervous system to the point where the nervous system has to change. Like that's the point of lifting weights is to stress stuff so they change, so they adapt, right? That's really important. Like the weights make your body stronger because what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know what I mean? So like in order for Taylor to know what 95 feels like in his body, he has to know what that drive of 95 is. You know what I mean? Like he has to know what like, is. That's totally different. Like, you can sprint as much as you want, but to create that amount of force, I haven't met anybody that knows how to create that amount of force without lifting weight. So like like I don't think I don't know anybody like you know Bob Feller? They used yes, to say sir. Bob Feller. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? How are the Cubans doing? I don't know. I think they play a lot of sports. And I also feel like I also feel like they, they work
0: out a lot. I really do. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like when he says movement versus weight, when I say right thing, I mean, it's like a combination. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You can't say like, I can see how you could like try to plan your day and be like, all right, I'm going to work on this. Maybe I'll do some dry work and then lift weights and then do, you know, play basketball or something right. like right. that. Right. I can right. see that. But like saying it versus that's the only thing that I'm like, especially right. after yeah, I now. It's like, work. why not do why not do everything and then and find out what works best for you? You know, what I mean, right. you could you could compare some back leg techniques. Whether you're going to be like a drop and drive guy, or you know, a triple extend guy, or you know, a knee drop, um, long stride, short stride, fast stride, you know, a kicker. There's just so many different things. It's just. When it comes down to it, just like you said, you have to you have to be able to feel it. And that's what uh, running guns and, you know, he he couldn't even, you know, funny thing, he actually, his first year that we trained, we joke about it, he couldn't do a running gun. His brain just couldn't get into the footwork. We actually had to, like, flip him a ball like an outfielder for him to be like, catch, ha, and just, like, yeah, and That's like, the movement for. He couldn't you know run I mean? with his hand. Yeah, he yeah. couldn't run with the ball in his yeah. hand. And so, you know, it's, it's – um, I understand what you're saying. You know, I just – I just think it's just a lot easier. I still lift
1: weights. I still squat. You know, like, I still do the things that, but I do them in a the sense of, like, we talk about it. I'm not going to bore it, but I do it the way I do it. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Right. I we think have, we have, well, I mean, any idea should expand,
0: right? Like, just, just oh, yeah. with me, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't, I don't necessarily like back squats anymore, but I do like a front, a front loaded step back lunge, which is basically, right? A squat, right? It's just harder, but also easier. If that makes right. sense to anybody, you know, it's a safer, it's a safer. Cause I think it what it comes down to, I mean, I tweaked my SI multiple times trying to deadlift 500 pounds or squat oh, 50 or whatever it was. Right. And looking back on it, it's like, well, what was the goal? Was the goal just to like, be able to be under heavy shit or was the goal was like, just get my legs stronger. Well, right. why don't we do, why don't we just get my legs stronger faster? You know, right. I think that's, you know, one of the things that we try to push here is like it's a speed of development thing as well it's speed of development right so the more we're doing what do you mean by that well how fast can you get to 95 that's what i thought it's it's not it's not get to 95 it's right hey you have a finite amount of time that your athleticism is at its peak allegedly right i'm 35 i don't understand this everybody keeps telling it apparently your athleticism drops somewhere around here Somewhere in this... Yoel Romero would
1: would beg to differ. Yoel Romero is 43 years old and looks like a god. (laughs) Right, exactly. And then there's people like that. And then the
0: people that I played with that were the same thing, that were 39, 40 years old and, you know, looked like... Exactly, looked like they fell off a statue,
1: you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So here's to go with, like, not to stay on the movement and the weight thing, but just to... incorporate those two things you need movement in order to get to the ranges of motion that you need but you need weight to understand how to create tension (laughs) like 100 percent like and one of the things that i really disagree with right now is having any tension in your core mentally like you shouldn't ever have to go and like squeeze your core i really disagree with that because I've watched MMA for a really long time, and I've seen a lot of people get knocked out, and I've never seen anybody go, huh, huh. that's the guy who gets knocked out 100% of the time. So I think the idea of having like a loose core, so like cowl-off presses, a lot of planks, like that's not what we want. We want to have the ability to create tension in our core, but it's just like what you said. Isn't the goal – to have a fast core that can just create tension, not this. If you're a wrestler, sure. You need that. If you're a jujitsu guy. Sure. You need that. Cause you got to hold positions and not move. But when you're trying to throw 95, like Taylor Ahern, you need as much movement quality as you can in order to hit that. But if you don't ever move weight, you're never going to know the requirements in your mental state to fucking and that that's pretty much how I would say that in a nutshell. I think that that's super important. I don't think people and that's another thing with kids. Like like one of the things that I think about with kids is that I wish that in PE they learned how to throw medicine balls. Like in a variety of ways. Chest pass, keg toss, fucking behind like all the ways that they could throw and move and like do all that stuff. I think that's really valuable. Like, kids love throwing medicine balls. Whenever I do that in class, the kids are like, let's go! They get so fired up because they just get to throw shit, Yeah, right? And I think that's something that has to, I think, take place in order for hitters to really get better. I think you have to know how to create tension and throw shit,
0: you know? I agree.
1: Create, Create tension and throw shit. That's, That's, I mean, that's really valuable. Like, it's really, you don't want to be this loosey-goosey fucking yoga guy that's, like, hella bent. Like, Barry Zito. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Barry Zito, like, he made yoga his sports performance. What? Like, you did, what? That's the downside of movement. When you just do movement, you throw 83. And it and it and it went down. It just because he didn't bad. show up throwing eighty three. Showed up throwing ninety with the greatest wrinkle of all time, and yeah. then you know he he just I don't know what happened, dude. I remember when I was a kid watching that dude play. Like oh my god, like he was Clayton Kershaw before Clayton Kershaw because yeah, of that big hook. But I remember finding out he did yoga, and I was just like, man. That seems really good, but, like, you're so flatty. Like, you're just – you don't have that, like, that tension. And then you look at a guy like Araldis Chapman, who is hmm. – and it's like, he throws 103 all the time. So, yeah, there's probably a balance somewhere in between there, right? Hey, who's your favorite baseball player of all time?
0: I got asked well, that I mean, yesterday. It's just, it's just easy for me because, I mean, it's an obvious one, but it's, it's only because I sat this close to the television screen every time he pitched. But Greg Maddox, for me, was Craig by Maddux. far throwing, yeah. throwing butterfly balls up there every every time I'm watching TV on TBS. Just... He had all four pitches, but he knew how to throw each one like four different ways. I know. Like, I can show you. I, okay, you can't even say four pitches on him because I can show you video and I go, what's that pitch? And you'd be like, yeah. I don't know. You'd be like, I don't I know. Man. I'm like, me
1: neither. I don't know. I don't know what that does. How do you do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got asked that yesterday, and I was just thinking, I was like, well, and it has to do with this podcast. It was like, I'm a real big fan of winners. Like, whenever somebody would say, Peyton Manning's the greatest quarterback of all time, I was like, he's won one Super Bowl, dude. Like, in you know, Tom Brady. And people would always be like, ah, but the defense and the offensive line, I was like. Who did Tom Brady have on defense? Patrick Chung was like his best player, <laughs> yeah, right? Patrick Chung, Patrick fucking Chung, right? <laughs> who, who is that? Do you know who that is? I know um, who that is. Exactly, that's like one dude on their team. Teddy Bruschi was their other guy. And he had a fucking stroke, so he was yeah. gone. Like, You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, so <laughs> what's the excuse, right? So he had a stroke. He did. I hate to say it. He's I a beautiful know. man, and he like he talks well, and he's awesome. But like. The dude had a stroke. First of all, had a stroke, comes back and plays football again. Like, whoa, whoa. So to, to go further with that, you said the other day, Mariano Rivera threw one pitch, and in a postseason, he's a Cy Young. 162 games, people, like more people have walked on the moon. And I remember whenever I would watch the Yankees play on TV, I would, and Mo was pitching. I dropped everything, and I was just like this. Yep. It was like watching. It was like, it was honestly like watching, like um. Like a like a like a dancer, like it was just you, everything was beautiful. He's like, I'm gonna put this cutter. I'm gonna move it like that much, and then I'm gonna make the next one go like that much, and then the last one's gonna move like that. Mm-hmm. And breaking bats, making guys look bad. Enter Sandman comes in. <laughs> like that dude, in my opinion, you talk about the seven man rotation. I think that that would actually help guys like Mariano out. Because when you have a five man rotation and you have a limited bullpen, I think of the long relievers are the unsung heroes of the baseball world. Because they're Taylor Aherns, They're these weird hybrids of like, I can throw 100 pitches, but they don't like me to go over 45. You know what I mean? Like, it's Uh very strange. But if you add a seventh person, you take out the long reliever in terms of the, the, the position. But now I have two starters, relatively, that are on four days rest. Three, four days rest. They can come in, get some work, act like a long reliever help us set up Mo, right, or help us set up our setup guy, our seventh, eighth, ninth guy, and now the game's over. Because the Rays broke broke baseball when they threw Sergio Romo out there and they won the first inning, I don't know how many times, and they won the game Mm because they realized, hey, if you win the first inning, the odds of you winning the game are really high, Mm -hmm. really, really high. Mm -hmm. And that's something that when you have an excellent closer, That is what really ends the game. But you have to have a starter that gives you that lead, right? So they they really have to complement each other. Like, those are the two most important positions in in pitching. The guy who starts off the game and the guy who ends the game. And I think winning a game comes from the idea of symbiosis across the board. The Rays were so symbiotic, like – Sergio Romo looked like, hey, I could throw you one through nine innings, and every time he's going to be like, yep. Because yeah. he understands, right? And then you go see the guys like the Mariners, right, who seem to not have an idea that they are a, a team coming together. Sometimes it looks like they're a bunch of individuals just trying to play launch angle and stack cast and all this shit. But then you watch the Rays with a $60 million payroll – beat the Yankees in the ALCS, and you're like, yo, what are these guys doing? They're trying to win games. That's all they're trying to do. They don't care about cash. They don't care about Hall of Fame. They're trying to get a lot of these, a lot of these. And that's the point of the game. Sure, I want to get rich. That'd be great, too. But guess what? Would you rather have all the idea of, like, dude, I actually was a winner or – I got paid a lot. A lot of people will take the payment, but, like, I think if you ask a lot of 12-year-olds, you you flash back those big leaguers when they're 12. It's like, hey, do you want to win or be rich? A lot of them would probably say win. A lot yeah. of them would be like, okay, I want to win. You know, so it seems like we've lost sight of that. Like, And I, I hate throwing shade at, at pro baseball players because they're a lot better than I am. They're a lot richer than I am. But it seems like we've lost – the, the idea of the game is meant to inspire other people to play, right? It's meant to make people want to get better at things. And I feel like what we're seeing now is not that. Like, I don't, I don't feel inspired when I watch a baseball game right now. Like, you know, it just seems like, okay, there's a shift up. You had two fastballs outside. You could have just gone the other way with it. Nope, you're trying to be big boy ball here, strikeout. Next guy comes up, does this. It's like, it's this crazy idea that all these, I don't know what it is, but like the developmental path of our, of our baseball players seems to be more focused on them and not winning the baseball game.
0: Good.
1: I like it. I like it. It's, it's crazy. Like, it would be like me teaching a fighter how to look cool instead of winning the fight. It's really dangerous. It's really dangerous. But baseball is not dangerous, so people can kind of half-ass it. You,
0: you could, you could equally say it's
1: dangerous. Just oh, no, it way. is, but it, it right?
0: is. But like, it's not
1: like that dangerous. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well,
0: it's, you know, we talk about this. You and I talk about this all the time. You know, people send me, you know, side angle pitching mechanics all the time, and the first thing I ask him is, where'd the ball go? Like, what was yeah. the result? And they're just not even. I want to know if I did it right. Where did, where did the ball go? You know, and I'm sure you get the same thing with the side angle swing. Like what, how's the swing look? where did the ball go? You know, like it, it's a math problem. The swing plus the ball angle coming in equals where does it go? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and mm-hmm. the results the result of that math problem doesn't always it's not put together, which is why we have so many sons of big leaguers that are in the game because it's like, yeah, I'll just do what dad did. Dad explained the strategy to me. That's weird. Yeah, that's you know? weird. That's weird. That's weird. You can go look at video of Fernando Tati senior going oppo with two hands, just like junior's doing right now and be like, that's the same guy. That's the same idea. Somebody mm-hmm. taught him to do it. So, you know, there's, there's just a bunch of baseball is a cool game because it's not, you know, everybody's talking genetics and, talent and all that stuff but you know I I think it comes down to information it's information who gets the best information that knows it's going to work the longest and those are the
1: guys that normally play the longest because the guys that have the most information make the best decisions for themselves and have the most experience in the fight right like what, what Taylor did seven months of live at bats is single-handedly and this is my opinion and you and taylor did more of the work i think that probably set him up for years of success because he just drilled in programs just like okay fastball foul tip okay change up blah blah, blah. and he just programmed and programmed and programmed mm-hmm. right. now he has all these game plans in his head right for what you and i both know is a variety of hitters you could face lefty righty tall short big skinny Big home run hitter, base hit. Like, Mm -hmm. all of that matters, but all of it came from the idea of, like, I'm going to get these guys out. Not like I'm going to look sick on these pitching mechanics, or I'm going to throw this plyo ball as hard as I can, or whatever it is. It's, I'm getting you out. I didn't get you out. All right, I'm going to try it again. I got you out this time. That's how I do it. Oh, didn't work that time. Let me try this. Like, that's the game. You know, like, that's what it is. But, when you just have a kid, you know, hey, put it in play. Don't get out. Put him in play. It's like, he's 12, bro. Like, he wants to play high school baseball, and you're telling him to put him in play. Where when he's 15, especially where I live in the East Bay, oh, my God, there's 15-year-old kids that throw 87 to 92 miles an hour. Like, there is a kid on – so, Mateus Johnson, the kid that you and I both worked with, there is a freshman on their freshman team – who is committed to Arizona. So the way that that school works, they don't bring up anybody unless they're 100% going to change the culture. Everyone goes freshman, JV, varsity. There's a freshman committed to Arizona throwing 90 miles an hour, right? There's a guy in the JV team throwing 90 plus, right? That's not even varsity, right? So if you think when you're 12, Mateus is 15, gonna be 16 soon. You think in three years you can go from hitting 68 to 88 with the same mechanics? You are you're gonna quit baseball and you're gonna think baseball is stupid. Because you're not set up to play the game the right way.
0: Totally. It
1: makes me sad. Because there's so many kids out there that like they quit or they're they're not able to like there there's one kid that I'm working with. He is Six feet tall, 110 pounds, wants to play high school baseball.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Lost you. Lost audio. Lost you. Lost audio. Sorry,
1: I had a little – I had a call. Sorry, I had hit X out on the call.
0: So We missed missed the uh... – you have to start over.
1: So there's an 11-year-old kid or a 14 – no, he's he's 14-year-old. He's going to be in high school next year, skin and bone, real tall. And one of the things that he told me was I want to play high school baseball next year. And I was like, that's awesome. Now let me tell you something real. And I wasn't trying to be mean. I was like, we're hitting on a little league field on hit tracks and you're struggling to hit it over the second baseman's head right now. We have to change that. If you want to play high school baseball. And he looked at me like not concerned, but like someone was real with him for the first time I was like, I want you to play high school baseball but you're not going to make it past the first day right now. We have to work harder. You have to swing hard. You have to move faster. You have to do all these things and it's been about two months now. He's up to about 160 feet now. Right? And he's hitting the ball with some vigor. Right? So it's taken several months of vigor. Love that word. So he's taken a few months but with him and this is This goes to what Matt messaged in and what you and I talked about. He doesn't move well, and he's too skinny at the same time to where I can just give him something heavy and say, figure it out, right? So it's like at this age, what I'm doing with this guy is really teaching him almost like, hey, you got to know how to hit the ball this far, then we can start working on mechanics. But let's just figure out how you can do this, and then we'll talk about it. And now he's at this point where – hey, you know how you did that and hit the ball 180 feet? Do this, and you'll hit it farther. But just like how you coached Taylor, man, I loved what you said to Taylor. You got to throw hard enough to make somebody want to watch you. Like, the ultimate compliment in BP is when nobody's talking when you're hitting. That is the coolest thing ever. All you hear is, whack, nobody's saying anything. Whack, that's how you know that guy rakes. So, if people want to watch you, that's probably one of the best compliments you could receive as an athlete, right? So, Do my dog is snoring like a bear back there. Like, <laughs> how I would like for people to understand, like my goal. And I'm up in Pleasanton, right? I love, I love John. Found this dude like a year plus, maybe he's eighteen months ago. Not sure, but john has worked with my players he's worked with myself he has inspired me to do tons and tons of stuff and one of the main things that like you've done has has strictly been like let's let's pay attention to how we win the game like let's just do that like how did you strike that guy out do it again
0: Mm
1: -hmm. right like it's that simple action of paying attention like that's all it is like it's not hey, stay back, you're ready for the curveball, you know? Or, like, hey, head out in front, get ready for the fastball. No, hey, be in a good position to hit. That's what it is. Like, it's right in between that because, and I know I'm definitely talking a lot. People are like, dude, this guy doesn't shut up. But I'm fired up, guys, real fired up. Like, yesterday I was doing power hitting, right? Doing my power hitting at TPC. And I was explaining to these kids, like, why high velocity matters i saw i think it was it was the angels playing uh it was on sunday night baseball but anyways somebody hit a ball like 108 and it was caught and the announcer goes you know the batting average on balls hit over 105 miles an hour is like 780 right and so what did you talk about with mike trout he hits the ball harder than people and he hits it farther than people weird why does he hit with such a high average he hits the ball hard and he hits it far and so i've been explaining that to kids and they kind of look at me like the first couple times like i'm smoking something crazy they're like dude that is the craziest thing i've ever heard i'm like is it is it (laughs) like if i hit a rocket at you one hop right at your feet you got to make a hell of a play to pick that right or you got to body it up right most people Unless it's right at them, they're not going to make that play. They're going to botch it. It's going to hit their glove and it'll go past them, right? I had this kid. He jumped up, I think, 13 miles an hour with one of the bats that we use. It's like a 60-ounce penny bat. And the main thing I told him was, hey, your goal is to not crash the ball, right? Like, you can't can't create force. It's just like throwing. You can't – Because someone had just told him, like, be strong. And then I was just like, bro, be a whip. He went up, like, 14 miles an hour. Like, that's that's crazy. And all I did was tell him something different. Mm -hmm. I didn't physically Mm -hmm. change him. I just told him something different. So it makes me think, and you do this very well, you make me think quite a bit, how you say things to a developing player sticks with them a lot longer than you think.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, a lot longer than you think. And... Man, like I just, I'm, I'm definitely on fire today. I'm just rattling. I can't stop. It's just, it's like, um, man, it's, it's like something doesn't, doesn't click from like, from like high school to, to like college baseball to pro baseball. You and I talk about this. Like, people assume you know what you're doing. <laughs> people assume you know your game. You know what balls you hit well. You know where your swing goes. When you were telling me how you got rocked when I was like, Hey, when guys hit you hard, where do they hit you? And you are like right center or this, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you know how much awareness that takes to like, understand where you get beat. I was like, nobody taught you that. You had to learn that. Right. Mm-hmm. But what if you did teach people that, right? Like think about the awareness you can create. Oh shit. You got Fernando Tatis is all over the place. You got these Mike Trouts all over the place.
0: You're going to get me fired up, too, because now you're just talking about the simplicity of maybe going over the spray chart with the pitchers on where the ball gets hit more often that somebody's doing that gets put into a folder that gets sent into the coach's bag that gets put nowhere until the next series, which is the perfect time to go over last series' spray chart, Right. right? Right. right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> all of that easy information to do. I know. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, and that's what sabermetrics is really showing. That's why the that's why people keep doing the shift, right? And they're gonna outlaw the shift, whatever. That's fine, right? That's it's so, so dumb. Yeah, that's I know. So dumb. I know it's so dumb. Like, don't don't create. Now you gotta put like a weird line, like if a guy's like, oh, you got too many people on one side of the bag, like, or quit donkey kicking O2 pitches. All right. Like what are we doing? What are we doing? Like What are we doing here? Yeah, like every like O2 oh, donkey kick. All right. <laughs> Let's see how Sweet. this goes. Yeah. Wait, dude. Yeah. Like you're yeah. and that's for, for all you for all you kids at home, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you how to beat a donkey kick. You just throw sliders. And if you really want to mess with them and there's nobody on, you pause your leg kick at the top and they will forget how to hit. That's what will happen. They will forget how to hit. Just talking doing a little, little bit a – And then, there you go. And then, yes, throw them them the whole time. Do not throw a fastball for a strike. Just continue to throw sliders. They will be mad, right? And you just have to remember this. There's no rule that says you have to throw a fastball. Nah.
1: Get your stupid macho, watcho, like, whatever it is. I don't know what that is. That's so dumb. That's so – it's like when someone complains, and I get it. It's like when someone complains, Oh, he just took him down. He's beating him up. Stand up and fight like a man. It's like, why? Yeah. Why? What do you mean? Yeah. Why don't Is you not, take, not take damage? Yeah. <laughs> like, it was, it, it's just, it's so crazy about, like, like, oh, dude, it, I told you earlier in the season, I was like, hey, yo, that Jordano Alvarez guy for the Astros, that dude rakes, right? Because the A's played the shift against him, like, hard left-handed shift. He goes three for three the other way with a bomb, a double, and a single. Next day, Mm -hmm. straight as an arrow, right? Mm -hmm. Because they are aware that we don't got the firepower to swing it with these Astros. So, like, every once in a while, we got to go against the Sabermetrics and just play the fucking game because Mm -hmm. the Astros are the king of Sabermetrics, I think. Like, they're so good. Why are they losing? Oh, I think because they're not cheating. Hold on, I have to. Hey, last night, Ray Fossey said it on the A's game. He goes, how did Clayton Kershaw pitch against the Astros tonight? They were like, he had six strikeouts, like no walk, seven innings." He goes, weird. They didn't know what's coming. And and one of the announcers goes, you got to let it go. He was like, I can't. I can't let it go. It was hilarious. All right, they're not
0: losing too bad. They're not the fucking Angels. Um, They're 26 and 22
1: right now. (laughs) Sorry, Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) no let's go bring taylor up now let's do it let's go dude rice l iglesias i saw him give up two bad bombs trying to hold the a's like bad bombs man oh let's let's talk about let's talk about this in in winning a baseball game because this is definitely from the pitcher's point of view less of the hitters catchers point of view so One of the things that I talk about with my hitters is following your miss, right? Like, yeah, you had a good miss or you you missed that ball, but you still hit it 250 feet. Did you hit it your hardest? No. Did you catch it? No. But let's travel with that. Like, what did you do right with that? And one thing that I used to do when I was catching would be like, let's say I call curveball first pitch, right? And he fucking backs it up and it almost hits the right-handed dude in the face. Then I'm like, all right, I'm going to play with that. I'm going to go fastball in just to fuck with you, right? Is that something that you, you teach to younger guys to, to get that awareness up earlier? And how young would you teach that?
0: It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it's as, as soon as, we, we go into pitch theory and game theory as soon as somebody can like competitively repeat pitches. Okay. A good you know what I mean? As soon as you can, as soon as you've kind of mastered your slider, your cutter, your change up and your fastball, then we, when we go into batters, right? We start trying to educate. We're like, okay, you're going to run, you're going to try to throw a fastball inside on people. And then you're going to miss, right? You're going, this is, you're going to miss arm side. You're going to miss up, right? So if you miss arm side, if you have a slider, that's a great time to throw a slider off that tunnel or throw another fastball inside. If you miss up, throw the curveball or the fastball inside again and see what happens. You know, Mm. there's just like really unique ideas that you don't see a lot. Like, for example, double up fastballs up, right? As soon as you go fastball up 0-2 after two curveballs, what's the hitter thinking right there? Probably curveball after he did that, right? Well, you can go fastball up again, and he's going to have to honor that. Oh, he's probably going to swing it and cheat and then be underneath it. Right, mm-hmm. so there's there's just all of those games to get into. So once once it's once you understand, it's literally not about throwing strikes. It's about getting people to get themselves out the easiest way possible. And and it's just hard to teach them. You know, not, not a lot of people can because you got to think about it, it. takes so many hours, right? It takes so many at bats. It takes seven months worth of at bats. start understanding like what you're good at what you're not good at right but you can't evaluate that if you're trying to win a tournament and beat someone you know in in a day you know yeah there's just it's it's just you don't you don't get the feedback you need because what's really hard is facing the same guy ten at bats in a row and getting them out that's hard Cause what? Get, at what at bat does the guy start figuring it out? Because I feel like right. the, the better you are, you could see two you could see two ads, and be like, all right, I know what we're doing.
1: Yeah, I remember one of my one of one at bat where that kind of popped up. I was facing a, a Pirates guy, like a Triple A Pirates guy, when I was at Driveline. First at bat, this dude made me look stupid. Like, he went 94 on the hands, and I fouled it off, but it was on the handle. Like, I wasn't close. Everyone was like, ooh. And I was like, bitch, he almost broke my bat. Everyone's all excited. But he made me look terrible on sliders. And I was like, so that's your out pitch. Okay. But you like to set it up with that running fastball. I got into an 0-2 count against that guy, and I almost took him deep oppo because mm-hmm. he threw that slider, and I was just so into it because I was, like, following what he was doing and, like, tracking his misses. Mm-hmm. But – Granted, it's a flyout, but I just remember being on that ball because, dude, his slider broke so hard, and my first at bat, I had a donkey kick. I remember like having a real big donkey kick because I was like, "This dude's got ninety-five. I'm taking him yardo." And then he threw me the shuto, and I was done, son. The shuto, the shoot <laughs> <laughs> and went,
0: well, that's a that's a great reference, Mr. Baseball, for all dude. you uh, for all you real baseball movie fans.
1: Man, Tom Selleck in that movie is, like, such a 1980s baseball player. I know, but the, it's a great s- flick. It's a great so flick. Oh. Great flick. One great of the flick. best best quotes, time no die, only people die. And Tom Selleck looks at him and is like, what the hell are you talking about? You're <laughs> quoting, trying to kill you're quoting Tom. a movie. You're
0: quoting a movie from
1: before you were born. That's impressive. I love that. It's mean, because my dad, come on, my dad's 62, you know, like, he ain't going to raise no kid who doesn't know the 80s, right? So, last thing, because I got to get bouncing here, but I want to I wanna ask you another question about player development when it comes to the masses, right? What are some things that a 12-year-old that wants to play high school baseball could do from a general baseball standpoint, in your opinion, to give them more awareness? You know,
0: compare yourself to what the big leaguers are doing like really compare yourself, right? What's your, what's your fastball VLO, right? What's your hitting distance? What's your running speed, right? Like those things that you can measure that are easily understandable, like those are the things that will help you understand where you are. Once, once VLO is put on the screen, like they're going to do a spin rate right here in just a minute, right? Where they're just going to drop it on us, right? I remember seeing VLO for the first time and that's all I wanted to see. It was only on ESPN. And then you run over to CBS and it wasn't there. And you'd be like, oh.
1: right." It's so so
0: you go, go over to baseball tonight and you'd be like, he's throwing you 92. Know? Or yeah. that pitch was 76. And you're just yeah. like, I don't know what that means. right?" Yeah. And now we, now we know. Like now you can watch somebody throw a pitch. You don't even have to watch where it goes or what it does. You just look at the speed and be like, oh, well, this guy throws 95. It was 76. It's probably ball, Right? Some kind of spinner. Right. So you, you understand for what it is. And, and the more you can educate yourself on how people are actually being evaluated, like it's, it's one, it's just, you can just go look at the perfect game website and they'll show you, they'll put it in front of you. You yep. can just go look at it. And that's, yep. Oh, what are the, what are the leaderboards? What are the leaderboards in order? Maybe yeah. those are the ones you should probably pay attention to. You yeah. Know? That's super important. This is important, right? Whoever put this new article called The Unwatchables" interesting as well, right? I don't know what that is, but I have to read that. I I think
1: he was talking about that. We were talking about the shifting and all that.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and that's probably by a writer that I need. You need to shut your mouth. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs) The Unwatchables. Are you going to be negative against the game of baseball again? You absolute rookie.
1: (laughs) I saw something. Was it you and I that were talking like? Somebody sent me an – oh, no, it was my dad and I. Jock Jock Peterson got traded to the Cubs. And somebody posted this article saying, Jock Peterson falls from grace. Will he ever recover again? And I'm just like, bro, he just won a World Series last year. And he hit a bomb in every single series. And then the day that they wrote that, he hit two jacks. So it's like – Kevin Millar, 2004, Red October, that one curly-headed fuck. that that interviews him and he's like, remember when he called us a bunch of imposters? And you called the Red Sox a bunch of imposters, you know? We're just a bunch of imposters, we just wanna lose, you know? We don't don't ever wanna play the game, right? Uh Uh You know? Uh It's just like the power that the Hall of Fame voters never played past high school baseball. I wish that would change. I wish the Hall of Fame was voted on guys that are in the Hall of Fame that are alive. That would be the best. Because those are the guys that know the standards, right? Like, imagine if the Heisman Trophy winners picked the Heisman. It'd be fucking cool. Because they would be like, yeah, that guy, that guy's legit. You know, like, but all these sports writers, it's like, well, back in my day, I was in the 74. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, bro, you haven't played baseball or football or whatever it was since, right. you know, whatever. Well, so, it's, well, it's why audio and video is going to take over. That's why it's
0: important for us to have this podcast and keep expanding on it. Because... Uh-huh we can talk about baseball on because we've played it at, at a really high level and we've seen it and we know the game. But if you have sports writers that can't explain the spin axis or the technique or whatever's actually happening because they haven't done it, then – Or how you
1: know, to beat that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, like you don't, you know, don't talk about the problem. Don't talk about the problem. We don't need to talk about the problem. We know what the problem is. The game's slow. The game is a problem, it's slow.
1: Right. Twitter fingers, bro. Twitter fingers turn into trigger fingers. You right. know what how I come, mean? How
0: come the NCAA plays nine inning games in under two and a half hours? How come that happens? It's a nine inning game. Real confusing. Right.
1: right. Well, hey, brother, I got to get going. We'll do this again next week, all right? Sounds good. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Later, guys. Thanks. Subscribe, like. We'll have this
0: on YouTube and everywhere here soon. See ya.